0: And I'm
1: Lindsay, and this is episode nine of Ningyo Bingo, where you keep collecting dolls, but never seem to win the game. Uh, this is kind of a fun month. Uh, we, we're in we're in November, recording for December, and uh, some fun stuff has happened for me. Um, I recently went to Disney World and found a new line of dolls to go crazy
0: over. Um, oh, goodness gracious. Um, I think Becca was in Disney and messaging me while they going, Lindsay, look what I found. You won't believe it. It was so charmingly excited. And uh, they actually, I really liked their concept quite a bit once I was starting to look into them.
1: Yes. They're, they're called uh, attraction They're a 12 inch line of, um, you know, the usual ABS plastic and uh, vinyl Fashion dolls, but each of them is based on almost like a personification
0: of a classic Disney ride. Um, so that is so cool. I'm, like I wish we were seeing more th- abstract things because that's one of those things I always like really a lot aesthetically is a interpretation of an abstract idea or something kind of out there that isn't straightforward. And uh, if you haven't yet, check out our
1: YouTube channel. You just have to search for Ningyo Bingo, as usual on YouTube, you'll find us. And we actually already have a box opening of uh, a Monster High doll. And I'm debating whether to open up this doll or not. Um, I got the one based on the Haunted Mansion. Um, But uh, there's so much in the packaging. It's like it's like it's hard like well
0: yeah well especially like with um like a specialty doll from the park itself i imagine the packaging's rather spectacular
1: yeah they did a lot on the packaging and each of the packages are very very unique to each other um so it's oh it's very cool and then and after my uh the night of or the night after my my post-election depression
0: um oh gosh we're I, not gonna get into it because who needs to spread that but i feel you friend i feel well, you very hard
1: there was shopping therapy
0: i <laughs> <laughs> I don't currently have the money for shopping therapy. I wish I did. Uh, well,
1: lo-, lo and behold, I found some wonderful person who lives in Florida that happened to have two more of these dolls that I don't own because I only own the one. So those oh, are incoming. No. Yeah. So-, so it's
0: already begun. The collecting urge has begun, like we talked about in the one episode where you have to have, you have to have the set. You ha- you need the set. There's a drive. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I have one coming in based on the Jungle Cruise and another one coming in based on Space Mountain. Um, but Space Mountain sounds like it's pretty snazzy. It's it's really cool, but we can leave that be for a little while until I, I get them all in, and we can maybe do another video, May, maybe or maybe not yeah. in person because I did I did get you a little cute souvenir
0: after the fact, <laughs> but they were doing a nice. That's little, right. Uh, you have something to lurk. Like, Becca has now something to lure me back up to where Becca lives, which is about an hour or so away. Yes. So sometimes you have to motivate me. <laughs> not that seeing you isn't motivation enough.
1: It's quite literally putting a little little lure on the fishing line and, like, dangling it in front of your face.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so to speak, I guess. Yes. It's because you sound like such a horrible person. You're so materialistic. It's not the case. I'm just really, really... Um, so sometimes
1: so speaking about things being dangled in front of the face another thing that oh my gosh November, I know what you're going
0: to freaking say yeah, I know what you're gonna say so and it's not actually fair no it is not fair this is okay, not fair okay so so Volks
1: uh, in case you guys don't know I think the the actually by the time this uh, podcast goes up it might be over with but maybe not they are doing a Volks one-off lottery oh. for the United States and um, And of course, uh, there's Koya, there's some of the usual returns, there might be a rose in there, but of course there's Amy
0: Ayase. Of course! Of course! I mean, what the whole point, especially the US gets, like, because we only get the lottery like once a year, they give us a lot of the nice, old, like, really high-desirable sculpts that are hard to find, and of course, one of them is Amy Ayase this year, Mm -hmm. and... I didn't even know this was going on. I've been sort of unplugged a little bit from the Volks machine because I'm not over over in Japan right now. And I get this message, like, out of nowhere from Becca. No explanation, just a link. (laughs) There was no preparing me for it. There was no context. There's just, Lindsay, look at this. Here's a link. And it was, like, straight to the Ami Ayase. Like, I came went to the page, and I was like, what in the world... I mean, I do appreciate knowing about this. I like looking at them. And if I was in a different state, I would consider throwing my hat in the ring. But then I'm scrolling slowly through. It's like, oh, this sculpt looks cool. Oh, I like how they painted that one. Oh. <laughs> Back up! <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry
1: that I'm not sorry. Because I, I could have said, you need to you need to put in a, 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 a oh. lottery vote or something now. Which would have just, like... like tipped your, your head even more as you knew you could not feasibly do so at this point um, yeah, yeah
0: I mean like I mean okay if I was less careful with my money I could do it but I'm trying to follow our own advice about keeping a budget and things I know but gosh I peeked horribly okay, when I okay. screamed your name I'm so sorry future Becca who has said it this
1: <laughs> well you know the, the, your mic probably cut out at a certain level yeah. um, it, it did it did <laughs> So you're probably fine, but uh, the 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 oh, other thing I just have to say sometimes limiteds like sometimes you just gotta figure out your own oh, gosh darn payment plan.
0: <laughs> I know. Well, I can do that now. Well, I'll not get too much into my own personal matters, but yeah, hopefully I'll I'll be able to think about things like that now.
1: Yes. But well, let's let's talk about. A different folks related piece of news. They're actually doing another DOLPA. I believe it's coming September. Oh, I did hear
0: about that. I saw that the ad go up. I think it was on DOA.
1: Yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know if they had the ad straight up on DOA, but they emailed all the, uh, the customers. And, um, yeah, it's going to be... I think it's September of next year... But all the way, unfortunately, for our East Coasters in California, makes sense for them. But man, oh man, I want them back on the East Coast for something. I
0: know it was so convenient when it was like in a, not an easy drive, but a but a feasible drive. drive, a a drive that could be made without using planes. Yes,
1: yeah. I, well, that's not a drive then. That's a flight.
0: Yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> But... i just um so over planes at this particular moment in time
1: yeah but i mean oh that's right they, that's they have happened a lot of um a lot of conventions and stuff recently which is kind of cool i think they were at new york comic-con and a bunch of other ones oh yeah they were at new york comic-con
0: yeah they absolutely were they were um obviously pushing um the dream dream of um gosh i'm re- forgetting Dream all and, the work. but also v lockers which is
1: another interesting thing with them
0: yeah like they were and apparently like i saw photos they had taken of their own booth with several people deep of very excited folks and i believe they also did a lottery system thing while they were there which i'm really impressed by
1: they had this cute thing where the, you had to try kind of build faster than the other people and if you built the fastest you got a kit
0: and when you say build, you're talking about the inner frame for the dream of Dolphy Del- uh, dream.
1: No, no. Uh, V-lockers. Uh, it's like a r- oh, robot. Oh, that's right. Thing. I'm not
0: actually familiar with no, them.
1: No, they're kind of cute. Um, Definitely kind of look into it. Uh, so, so to kind of lead into our final destination here, today we're going to be looking at...
0: <laughs> we're a horror movie now. What? <laughs> Oh, Final final Destination.
1: destination. Goodness sakes. Uh, Today is going to be a not-so-brief history about Volks Super Dolphy. And to talk about Volks Super Dolphy, we have to talk about the very beginnings of the shop, which is a little closer to the V-Lockers, to be
0: honest. Um, Well, that's true, because Volks, while we know them... Within the doll hobby, you hear Volks, you think... Dolphy, the person who made all the dolls. But in other hobby circles outside of our small world, that is not the first thing Volks brings to mind.
1: No, no. And in fact, um, it was way, way back in 1972, on December 3rd, that a little hobby shop named Volks opened in Kyoto. And by the time this is released, I will be saying happy 44th anniversary, little hobby shop. Because that's how long it's been, which is kind of cool.
0: <laughs> well, it's nice to see a company that's like a, a very specialized luxury good company that makes some really creative, well, like beautifully quality things that has managed to survive the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, while America was having a bad time, the rest of the world had a pretty bad time, too, in all of these eras as well, in terms of money and businesses. So they managed to survive quite a few bumps along the road. Including the opening of the shop. The shop was very, very
1: tiny uh 13.5 meters squared for us, more locally people, 44 feet squared. It was a tiny, tiny shop. And really, 15 years before the boom of garage kits. Uh, so he had model kits, of course, um, probably at this point, uh, less of the resin, probably more of the, the injected kind of ABS plastic stuff. And to begin with, he think was like,
0: um, like, when, like think model airplane.
1: Yes. Uh, and at the time the, the stock was so low that Mr. Shigeta actually was selling his own personal collection in order to keep the shop alive.
0: Oh, that's an interesting tidbit, actually, I wasn't aware of, that Shigeru was selling his personal collection. That means, deep in his heart, which I think we all already kind of knew, he is a giant nerd. Oh my god, he's so dork, I love him. (laughs) (laughs) He's a very charismatic person I and mean, when we can talk about his personality what's like to be around him. Yeah. Later.
1: I think we mentioned this in the the uh Dolpa episode but he and yeah. and, and also a bit in the um Media episode but he kind of he fa- kind of feels like the modern Walt Disney of of the doll world. He, all, all oh gosh, charisma. he really does. Yeah.
0: He his charisma is so Deeply affecting, no matter what language he's dealing in or who he is talking to, there is a presence about this gentleman where he is just pleasant and affable, even when you know he's like strapped for time or under time pressure or something like that. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, and and I had the the wonderful privilege, as I think I mentioned in another episode, and it's actually I have two dolls in front of me today. One is. one is my Maya, which is a uh, mini Super Dolphy FCS uh, 21, but also is my Bray Tenchi, which was gifted to me by him uh, at a at one of the I think the third New York Dalpa, and
0: uh, yeah, he's he's just very amicable and jolly and he knows what he's doing. Let's put it that way. He is a salesman and he knows how to do the work a crowd yes
1: and to the point where he studied very very hard a japanese uh, an english speech for the english crowd so they could he tries so hard well not not it's actually very good because i'm not gonna knock anyone that can
0: speak any english um oh yeah no it's like his he's quite good
1: yes and considering he doesn't use it all the time and and talking about the businessman thing if, if when you're talking to a crowd and you have to talk and then stop and then have your son or a translator or somebody talk for you, and then start again, it kind of breaks up the intimacy. Oh, absolutely. So this greatly helped in the presentation. Uh, but to bring us way, way back...
0: So we're, so we're thinking about this gentleman as we know him today, a very charismatic man who's in charge of a larger company, specializing in these very specific things, as stores all across the country, countries at this point now. But in the beginning... It was just a guy in a tiny shop selling his personal collection to keep it going. But then he started to getting into the creation business.
1: Um, So he kind of started to gather um, sculptors uh, because garage kits started being a thing, which is this resin kit uh, that you as a hobbyist would put together and finish off. Um well I
0: think I think there's a little bit of worth sort of explaining exactly what that is because I don't think most doll hobbyists actually are familiar with resin kits, like yeah. in terms of the one thing. Um resin kits are basically you'll have an individual, much like the process of making our own dolls, which we will find out is not a coincidence, of you sculpt something and when we're talking about a something, some of the somethings were like military vehicles and things like that, but a lot of those somethings were sexy ladies. Oh, yes. Very, very nice looking ladies. Beautiful, sexy ladies um, in loving detail, built out of uh, specialized clays and things like that. um, Beautifully made together. The hobbyist would then create, would like split the body apart into pieces so that it, because it's a very complicated piece otherwise to even attempt to mold all at once, which is just something you would not be doing. You cut into pieces, you make molds out of those pieces, you pour resin to those molds, and they were sold, as is, unfinished, um, a bunch of white, bone white resin bits in a box with maybe instructions if you're lucky. And probably a lot of flash to work off. Lots of like it was fairly raw because we're talking about hobbyists when like getting a nice press like a red like a pressure pot wasn't easy or possible. Like these are people working with like a low level of technology compared to what we see today, and it was just lovingly made kits out of people's garages. Which is not, well, not really garage, well, there's, I'm not quite sure where the garage part of Garage Kit comes from, because Japan doesn't really do garages the way that we imagine it in the US. But it was the idea, like, it's coming out of someone's home as a dedicated, and there's, like, this huge underground subculture hobbyist group, sort of similar to, if you're familiar with anime manga, the doujinshi groups. Yeah. where people would come together and make these and sell them to other amateur hobbyists or other hobbyists. And most people weren't making a huge amount of money off of this at the time.
1: Yeah, and I mean, like, you've probably seen something similar to these if you've gone into, well, not so much recently, because everything, as, as work gets cheaper and molding processes get better, um, when you go into comic book stores and the like nowadays, and you look in those little pretty glass display cabinets, they all tend to be painted and everything. But about, oh, five to six years ago, you would look in and you would see ones that were assembled but not painted yet. Well, there's one step before that, which is they're not assembled, they're not painted, and they still have all the flash on. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so. so it was – you had to be quite handy to even get them into a – fit. like, the whole part of it was the process of finishing them and painting them and customizing – specifically, very specifically, customizing them. is not like a paint-by-number idea. Nah. It's, it's just you painted them, and some people were who were particularly skilled at finishing them would take on commissions from other people or sell the finished – piece because a lot of work had gone into that finished piece and then we're known for like how they finished them and things like that or even like we were seeing in the
1: american comic shops where they would sell the half finished piece because somebody else would probably be better at like doing the painting than them so they would pass the buck
0: (laughs) they would put it to get someone who was really good at putting them together and taking the flash off but wasn't so skilled with the paintbrush puts them together and then passes them off to the next person and which is a lot of a pattern that is very familiar to those of us in, this com- in the resin ball jointed doll community. Yes.
1: So of note, one of the hires that Mr. Shigeta acquired was Akihiro Enku, um, which if you're familiar with Volks, you might know as one of the primary originators of the Super Dolphy.
0: Um, to give you some context on sculpts that were specifically, um, I can't if Enku does some of the head sculpts, and the list of sculpts that he specifically sculpted for Volks are on basically the top star hit list for Volks limited edition sculptures. Oh. For example, in the SD in the SD size, he sculpted the Chi head, Oh, wow. which was one of their early crossover dolls. He sculpted Lady Sylvie, who is from the from the whole storyline about pirates that's where Cecil and folks like that come from, um, which I'll get to in a moment. He did Lady Sylvie. He did Shinku, which is extraordinarily rare and highly sought after. Yes, yeah, very limited release. That's just the SD size. And this is a list that I was gathering from a, quite a while ago. SD13 size. He, he sculpted Cecil. He sculpted Williams. He sculpted Suigento. He sculpted Kira. He sculpted Heath, which are all... In their time, extraordinary popular sculpts and still very popular today. some oh, of the cool. most saw- highly sought after rare sculpts. Um, in the USD size he did Rio and the MSD size he did LCI and Kohaku Mu. Noel Shihaya, <laughs> SD cute he did a few like he is seriously one of the premier sculptors. He also worked on the SD16 faces. He did Amelia at the SD 16 size who is I oh wow. he also did SD17 Resner.
1: He has a very broad style of, of sculpting then. Like as you were talking, the chi, the um the uh oh my gosh, the, the one from the pirates one, that gal. Sylvie. Sylvia. If you think about Sylvie. their faces, they're quite angular and almost closer to the anime um uh garage kit sculpts. But as you start to work towards the Williams era, we start to get into rounder, more more um I don't want to say more human, less exaggerated features. Um,
0: and more detailed. Like, I in particular, I'm thinking of the detail in the eyelids, the folds of the eyelids, the the details around the very delicate swelling lip of the mouth. Like, sort of more rounded, like fuller, fuller details as, it'll as be, opposed to sharp.
1: It'd be very, very fun to kind of line those all up in sequence and see the evolution of the, the, the uh, skills there.
0: Oh, I want to do it, though. I want to do it. Do it. We'll post it on our blog and on our Facebook. Yeah, once we figure out... Well, there's a whole thing that we can talk about at the end of the episode about our current social media presence. But um, once we figure out our website shenanigans... Yes. Uh, um, But anyway, Enku yes. is amazing. Yes. Um, so... And that's who, that's who we're talking about. We're the person who made some of your most beloved sculpts from the high 90s. Around this point, uh, and I'm sure everybody's heard this before, it,
1: Mrs. Shigeta said, Oh man, there's all these people coming into this, this hobby shop, and they're all boys and guys. I want a hobby that's awesome for girls. So, um, through a lot of work, and uh, working... I think from, like, at least 95 through 97, they, de- um, they developed the Dollfie, which was a uh, fashion doll-sized with a lot of joints, similar to an action figure, which was an ABS plastic doll and a vinyl head. Uh, most of the heads at the time, I think you had to root yourselves. Um, eventually, they would get into pre-rooted heads and things like that, but it was very
0: kit-like. You would paint them and get them together and everything. And we're not talking about a doll that was made out of resin. We're talking about one that's made out of ABS plastic and vinyl, soft vinyl, vinyl, vinyl in general. Um, oh, one interesting thing. I'm quietly looking through my notes next to me about Enku and how he was hired, yes. which I think says a lot about Volks. And today Volks is as a, as a company, their hiring methods are not too far off from this. Um, as I was looking for information, I found some really nice nuggets of interviews, which was fun, um, with Shigeta himself and also with the artist in question. And in Cool Kyoto 2012, which is a website somewhere, you can still find this out there, basically 99% of Volk staff started out as customers. <laughs> basically, in the beginning. So it's the people who are going to the shop to buy things and Shigeta's like, hey, why you, or they were probably searching to work for him because this is, like, a niche thing and working at a shop that's selling the thing that is, like, your hobby is a pretty exciting goal when you're a younger person most of the time. Or even a, not for anybody, really. And so Enko was a customer first. And then he had his own garage kit things that he was building and selling on his own. He had a reputation as a garage kit artist, before he worked at Volks, and considering how closely Volks sounds, Shigeta himself sounds to the hobby at the time, I have a feeling Shigeta was aware of him, and he would sell his kits through the Volks store. Oh, nice. So it was So he like... sold things there. Well, hell, and... you're here all the time anyway. <laughs> yeah, basically. So he's selling them through there, and then apparently Shigemoto just called him. Uh, Shigeta. Shigeta, I'm sorry, I haven't written down horribly in my notes, but Shigeta called him. Like, this guy has been selling these beautiful garage kits through his store. They've been selling, I imagine, extraordinarily well. He can see what he can do. And he calls him, he's like, hey, you want to work for my company? I'm going to do garage kits. Cool. Um... And that was when he was 22, and he's worked for Volk since. (laughs) As a part, one of, um, at the time in 2012, an 11-person staff, he's the head of the sculpting company like he's the head of sculpting there and he like he's always been a big figure in directing the artist the artist direction and visual direction of volks itself so
1: um in similar fashion to everybody being dorks with each other and everything that's kind of how the super Dolphy came to be um at the time uh, as we've mentioned i think I think in one of our other episodes, uh, there was a lot of art doll stuff happening around the, the town and the world. Um, harkening back to Hans Belmer and uh, the dolls and playing with the fact of whether they could be childlike and sexual or not sexual. Could they be art and not a play item? Um, and in this environment, Akihiro Enku made a gift for the anniversary of his wife which was what I dubbed the anniversary doll. Um, This doll he made and he worked, I'm sure, extremely hard on as a gift for his lovely wife. And of course, since he made it and worked so gosh darn hard on it, it's just like cosplay or anything else. He he eventually kind of brings it into work or somebody from work hears about it. And eventually Mrs. Shigeta heard about it and said, Can I see that? So she looked at the doll. She was over absolutely like overwhelmed with how beautiful and enchanting it was because it was a very large doll, much larger than the, the little, what is it? Like 12 inch dolls they had been working on. This was the, the about a 60 centimeter doll, um, with, uh, I believe this one had dark black hair, similar to, um, similar to like a Kyoto doll in a way with the hair down, um,
0: there's one image from a, a Actually, now that you mention it, it's exactly like a Kyoto doll. Yeah, well, exactly, but not exactly. Um, like, the aesthetic, now that you actually say it aloud, I really can see the aesthetic being almost identical.
1: A little less like a Kyoto doll. In that initial
0: wig. And a little bit more
1: like a Hina doll, maybe, if we're talking Yeah, Because that. that's the, uh, the child ones that were more, like, played with, with joints and everything else um yeah that's true and they had very similar expressions um this was uh this was a little closer to like the sylvie kind of expression larger eyes a very neutral face and nose um and uh there's some there's one or two books i don't think i wrote down the name of the book um where you can actually see an image of this doll this doll was only published as far as i can tell in a book, in an image, once by Volks, Uh, Which I can understand because it was an anniversary gift. So it was a very, very private gift. I don't know if I would have even let the original image be published if it meant that much to me. Um, But it's very, very cool to see this... this, I wouldn't say prototype doll. I would say inspiration doll.
0: Um, Yeah, it's interesting that... Like, the initial conception of this is from this sort of very young hobbyist sculptor that they recently took on trying to build their artist's wheelhouse. Well, recently. Making something new and interesting and then giving it to his wife. Like, that's just, that is such a dorky thing to do, and I love it. It was about
1: 13 years after he was hired. Let's see, 5 plus 5 is it. Yeah, about, about 12, 13 years after he was hired uh, was a approximately when this uh, anniversary doll was made um, uh, Mrs. Shigeta saw this and she was like, yeah, this is the thing I'm looking for. This is even better. This is closer to a garage kit. This is made of resin. This has interchangeable eyes. This has customization, just like our our little Dolphies. And two years later, the Super Dolphies are born at the first doll's party. That is February 28th, 1999. It, it, Picks up uh, the if you uh, if you use the way back machine to check out um, uh, I'll say this really slow because it's very interesting to look through if you're dorks like us. HTTP colon slash slash www.superdolphy.net forward slash en forward slash ten t h underscore s d forward slash history forward slash history dot HTML, uh, and note that the number 10 is actually a 1 and a 0. Um, so this was a 10th anniversary history that they published themselves. Um, so it's very interesting to see the words and language folks used to describe itself. And it talked about the people checking out these dolls and walking past them and feeling entranced and drawn into their, their
0: glass eyes and things like that. The almost mystical, magic like that tone that we vo- that Volks has always continued with, where there's something sort of mystical and magical going on about this lifelike but not alive item.
1: Yeah, they they very much play up the the, the draw of the doll and the fact that it feels feels a bit
0: alive, um, which which you know, thinking about the Garage Kit context, is sort of a very distinct dig at Garage Kits.
1: Yeah, the. The eyes that garage kit figures had, uh, especially uh, the, the the less experienced or more anime like sculpts, the eyes were painted directly
0: onto a flatter portion of the face, which didn't... very similar to how the Dolphy Dream that doesn't have the insertable eye sockets works.
1: Yeah, or if you can imagine like uh, a Barbie without the sculpting around the vinyl head to outline where the eye is, it makes it feel. A lot more dead, because it doesn't even have a roundness to it or anything. It's just kind of... Yeah, and
0: there's, there's something to the idea of, as an artist, trying to achieve the most lifelike or close representation of something you're trying to pay homage to as a fan.
1: Yeah, so the first four dolls were um, Kira, Sarah, Nana, and Megu. Um, and just one short year later, they were already on their fourth dolls party. Uh, which was uh, in the winter of the year 2000. And uh, I'll have to correct one of my earlier things I was talking about in our uh, Is It Better in Vinyl episode. Um, I don't remember if I said Chi or Ray, but they were actually not the first uh, inspired directly from a comic book doll that Volks did in Super Dolphy or Dolphy Dream. Oh, yeah. It was actually... um, their their first mini super Dolphy was Ian from the comic Fuju Ruma Kan Raihuki by K Tomi um, so this i've never even heard of that one what in the goodness yeah it's something from the year 2000 so i'm i'm not that surprised um, <laughs> i'm sure it was very contemporary uh, at this point they also in December introduced their Zuke Mora glass eyes and it's important which is that
0: famous glass eye that they always very specifically tell you you're getting when you do a full choice system.
1: Yes, and Zuke Mora became their their name for their kind of um customization pieces, so their paints are called Zuke, Zuke Mora. There is I think it's Zo, isn't it? Uh Z O U, Zo Kimura. So ZO. Okay. Zo Mora. Um so their paints I think some of their um their ceiling uh, sprays, their sandpaper, I think actually that just might be 3m but still um, it's what they use to describe their their products specifically made for the customization of the soup of Dolphy and for uh, their the rest of their model kits. It's
0: definitely a name that indicates a high level of quality to me when I hear it.
1: Yeah, it almost it almost reminds me of a name that would be like affiliated maybe with like a, a glassware company or
0: something or or yeah actually which is probably not too far off from the truth (laughs) yeah so it's important to note at this time that uh other than sarah kira nana and megu which by the way are all the same sculpt really but they were just presented differently
1: yes different different eyes and a different um different wig um i don't even know if their face-ups were painted much different at all Uh, maybe the color of their lips um but at this time the rest of it there was no full choice system as we know today there was however the idea of buying pieces separately of course so uh you would get your head it would come in a little uh plastic box um and it would have a little little insert in it paper insert i found some wonderful pictures on a Den of Angels, with somebody that actually had the full gosh darn head of one of these intact. Um, oh, wow. So, at the time, they sold for 12,800 yen for a head, which is about $124. Um, yeah. Which is a little bit more expensive, now that you're thinking about it. But they were kind of, like, at the moment, the only game in town... It was
0: something new, unique. Uh, The amount of factory devoted to it wasn't very high. They were just starting to make their. Right. Make it. So at the time they had F4 through F15.
1: I think we're now up to 30s or 40s. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: we're in the late forties now, yes. that's for sure. I think we're starting to hit the fifties if I last looked at oh it. Oh my we're gosh. Not already hitting the sixties. I feel like I'm I feel like there's a sixty something. No, there's definitely I may be the, overstating not, it.
1: not quite yet, but I mean if you want to count all the the uh
0: limited sculpt surprise probably is about 60. <laughs> it's well over seventy if you start right. doing um, that.
1: Important to note here, um there's uh if you really want to count, there's like four numbering conventions for Volkscads. Um so this initial line of them, before they did the full custom service update at some point, all f- followed their own numbering convention. Then they did an update and they renumbered the heads. Um,
0: oh, is that where that initial number shift comes from when people are trying to discuss them?
1: Yes. And so so what was originally an F13 in this original F4 through F15 line um, is no longer an F13, and it has since shifted Um, but, uh, there is also one other divide in the numbering conventions, which is the Super Dolphy heads are numbered differently than the mini Super Dolphy heads. So, MSDF21 looks different than, of course, an SDF21. Um, so if you're researching, just bear that in mind, and if it's something, oh, around the, uh, the year Two thousand two and earlier for the head, it might be under the older numbering convention, uh, approximately.
0: Yeah. This all of this reminds me of as part of my research. I found the patents for Super Dolphy. Oh, cool! So what? What and years were those? So, first of all, point of order: they're all labeled. The inventor is not Volks as a company. It's not Shigeta. It's Akihiro. Uh Uh-huh. He is labeled as the inventor of the Super Dolphy as per the patents established under the U.S. patent, that is. The U.S. patent that they submitted for the doll that describes a doll of a certain type that works a certain way. And the first patent that you can find casually is October 2001 describing a toy doll. Interesting. They don't call it a Super Dolphy. They don't use any of the branding names. It's a patent for a toy doll.
1: Interesting. And then
0: there's an updated version of that patent in 2002. And then it's quiet for a while because things mechanically didn't change very much. In October 2005, we see another patent which seems to be the Dolphy Dream patent.
1: Yeah, though I think the Dolphy Dream came earlier than that. Of course, these are just the U.S. patents, so there might be also... Of course, earlier Japanese patents that are uh, around there. Um, to ba- to back it up, in two thousand and one, this is when we saw uh, non limited releases of the mini Super Dolphies, which is Mew, Maggie, and Sakura. Um, and interesting, Mew
0: being, if we remember, Anku sculpt.
1: Yes, um, and I believe these were the similar, where they are all the same sculpt, um, but just a little different on the hair. Um, and these yeah. ones were sold as kits as opposed to the Kira, Sana, ah, the, the four sisters, Kira, Sar- Sarah, Nana, and Megu. So these ones you had to put together, maybe get rid of some scene lines, paint the whole face. Uh, it came with the wig, it came with the eyes, I believe, but other and the elastic and the hooks. But other than that, you, you had to kind of start from the ground up. And it was only, uh, I think, within the last two years that they stopped... Selling the Super Dolphies as kits. Um, yeah. Also, this year um, it was actually that was actually the tail. That was September 2001, um, December 2001. Our standard Super Dolphy 13 girls are released. So these are a little little taller, a little bit more mature. Um, some of them have two part um, torsos. Um, the the initial ones had one part torsos, and all through this, they're gradually improving the uh, ball joints from a perfectly spherical uh, one into a more egg-shaped one that's not separated from the uh,
0: the thigh or the the upper arm. That doesn't like require that. any putting together, More, most importantly.
1: Yes, and also prevents it from rotating backwards in
0: the joint. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with a perfect sphere, is because perfect spheres like to go in every single direction, whereas our legs don't go randomly to the side or in odd directions. So they went to the mo- the egg-shaped joint, because if you've listened to our episode about joints, the egg-shaped joint helps give you some directional control on the leg and sort of control where it's fl- flinging out into space. At this time, also, the first Volks fairies are released, which were one of
1: the, the first ones that I was interested in, where you had uh, three of them. Uh, Shinshia, Meisha, and Narsha. Um... Which was the elf, the winged eared angel, like a doll, and a cat. Uh, uh, within this oh. year, um, the uh, fold, uh, they had their first Tenchi no Sumika Shinjuku Alta. And, in other words, uh, their first um, other shop. So they opened another shop, a Sumika.
0: So this is, we have the Kyoto shop. Based in Kyoto, we're probably doing mail order stuff at this point. And now we're finally opening our second shop.
1: So they must be super booming because also with the opening of this shop, their uh, Super Dolphy full choice system is opened. And also one-offs are released. So... Like we were That's mentioning- That's a lot
0: at one time. Yeah,
1: so they were like, yo, people are buying this stuff. Invest, invest, invest. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's make as much as they'll take.
1: Yeah, basically. So the full choice system, and this might be the point where they, they, they renumbered them or shortly thereafter this, um, this is the point where you could designate to the people there that are know how to make it what- body you wanted what bus size you wanted what feet you wanted what head you wanted what hair you wanted what eyes you wanted how you wanted the face to be painted and they would put it all together for you um it was very hard for this to be done in a realm of uh male order because it's hard to communicate nuances of how to paint a face uh if you look yes. it up there's actually forms that allow you to draw and doodle on a form to kind of eloquent um eloquently communicate we'll say that um how they want it to be done um it's also why even up to this day they frown upon shopping services not so much like it's nice that people outside the the japan can get full custom service but the downside is they're also losing the direct communication with their customer which means they might get something that they don't like
0: And there's something, they're very invested in the quality of their service, considering how much you're paying for it. In a way, it's interesting to see them very distinctly going, we have a huge customer base that would be very interested in these customizing elements who either aren't skilled in that way to create it themselves, and or we have, we know we have a studio of artists who can take on that role for them. Why not keep it all in-house and have other people, why have other people do it when we can keep it all in-house, keep all the money in-house and all the skills in-house and create a sort of unified product and aesthetic identity that we can then give back to customers who would really want that very customized personal connection to the item. And, uh, uh, of course, with the same idea that the, they had
1: a very wonderful group of creators, the one-offs were created, which were, of course, uh, uh, lotteried off for the ability to buy them uh, as they are today. <laughs> this is really <laughs> which cool. I think... Everybody wants <laughs> it. Put your name in. You might get the chance to buy That's it. Too- There's only one of this in the world.
0: We were almost able to explain this when we were talking um, with the episode that we recorded live, talking about how do you buy your first doll, and we were going to try to get a little bit into Full Choice System and ran out of time horrendously by that time, because we were talking about all these other things that you have to keep in mind, which was buying these things is extraordinarily complicated
1: yes i feel like uh just for volks uh a, a, an episode on the styles of releases
0: itself is just called for at or, some point it, it'll take or too much the companies time to in go general because there is some overlap at once you get past full choice system and there True. are some companies that have like a full choice system light version <laughs> yes um and which is well We're ahead of
1: ourselves, but that's kind of what we're in in the U.S. now. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So you were talking about all the patents being uh, put in for the U.S. And probably there was probably other ones happening at the same time in other countries, maybe China and things like that, because it was around 2001 through 2002 that the introduction of headplates were made.
0: Uh, So this is the first time we're starting to get no, don't copy this, this is an original sort of mentality with what they're doing.
1: Um, If you look on Angel Den, which is unfortunately stopped updating, but still has a lot of amazing information on it, um, there's a section on there that discusses the headcaps. Depending on what's on the headcap, you can tell the year that it was made, what event it was released at, Um, whether, whether it was a standard release or a limited release or a one-off or a full custom service doll, um, you can tell a lot from the head plate on the head cap. Um, this was a point where recasters were starting to, especially now that one-offs were a thing, um, they were starting to do, uh, copies. So this was the anti-piracy. This was essentially,
0: you got a serial number of sorts, um, it was the first level of trying to differentiate the sculpt from something that anyone else would be attempting to copy because you have a limited item of high demand for a hobby that is very used to making their own resin kits.
1: Yes, uh, the head plate originated on the uh, back of the head and actually not on the head cap as we see today. It eventually moved to the head cap as the, uh, as the uh, cut of the head cap kind of changed. As they gave a little bit more room. Uh, they, they made the head caps larger and the area of opening on the back of the head larger so you could get in there and work more with the eyes a little easier. It was the first line of defense. Um, nowadays, uh, I, I think we mentioned this on buying your first doll, um, things you can look for to make sure you don't have a recast. They also put in markings on the insides of the joints and everything. There are logos on the inside of the heads Um, and places that are hard to notice or find. Yes. The, the very little, uh, Mora, uh, little kanji. You can see that stamped in a whole bunch of places and only through very, very careful molding. If this was recasted, you would know that that would get filled in a little and also areas like eyelids and ears and things like that, or notably get thinner. So you can see light through the resin. Um, So this was their way to kind of combat that. This was also the time that our first standard Super Dolphy boy, this is 2002, Rio, and our SD-13 boy show. So they finally got guys, you finally got the Ken for the Barbie, you finally got some
0: guys for the the girls. Um, Well, I think... Like initially, they're making purely female figures, partly because they're just coming out of garage kits, and ladies is what people sculpted. Well, also just like but, think about hina dolls and things like that. They're yeah,
1: mainly female. It's it, it's like
0: and you think of dolls like dolls of this size as a doll that's female, right? And uh,
1: not to say that it isn't like it's primarily a female hobby. um, They were thinking of them as, like, a way of self-expression and things for the females to, like, wear things and have things that are cool. So they weren't thinking initially of, well, let's make a guy so they can project onto a guy. But in the end, it it worked out like that.
0: Yeah, there's there's something interesting going on here. Where I'm sure the female dolls are very popular with male collectors as well. And they're just... So there, there was some demonstrable demand, but I don't think they quite expected the demand for the boys to go in the direction it did.
1: Oh no, yeah, they they started people started geeking <laughs> out, especially like,
0: oh my gosh, once Williams was released. Um, oh gosh, the Williams boom, uh, <laughs> even in the United States, that was like mm-hmm. that was a thing. Those That's heads, still a thing.
1: those heads, I think could go from five hundred to seven hundred dollars for just the head. It was if not higher now. Um, actually, we're, we're on a little lull. There was more of a lull like a year or two ago, so it's kind of going up yeah, and down here, but it's not quite at the same peak as that, I th- I'd say approximately 2008,
0: boom. Um, yeah, I would say you're you're correct about that timing as well. Um, Right there right before the market stink.
1: crash, so to speak. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: now In here, many ways. <laughs> now, here is the coolest thing that I found while researching this, and I kind of want to own it. But I don't think I ever will because it's so crazy rare. Once and only once did Volks ever create a head with attached elf ears. And this was a Dalpa 7 limited head, which was their school A head. And I think one of the first times they had a school head. And that's it.
0: um, It's worth noting what a school what school head means
1: yes so they had classes usually at events or at a sumika um they still do uh now you can actually uh as the their market gets larger sometimes they have events where you can order them on the website and participate in contests painting them um and you would you get your school head and you take your class and you learn how to paint them in a basic format usually uh, Sands uh, airbrushing and things like that. Seeing what you can do with just chalk pastels and the uh, acrylics and things.
0: Yeah. So the so the school and school head is because it's a head that's designed to help you learn how to paint. But we're talking about one a very special limited release of those specific. Per- like you can only buy them if you're doing the class.
1: Yes, and I don't think this was ever released past this time. There's re-releases of school a heads um there's releases of b and c heads but this this very specific re- limited release for the 0 plus 7 limited head was never done again that was it
0: <laughs> oh and if you've ever seen other Volk sculpts with ears that's because they're detachable
1: yes and interchangeable funnily enough Uh my my um uh, my MSDF21 in front of me, she currently has on some long elf ears, uh, similar to the facial sculpts, uh, and the hands and the feet. Uh, they're all all given number designations, but I believe, uh, let's see, we have elf ears, short elf ears, robot ears, cat ears, monkey ears, and most recently, human ears. And I think that's about it. I must have left one out, but that's okay. Okay. Um, Oh, the angel. And they're coming feathers. out around
0: this time period, aren't they? The full choice system heads that had the interchangeable ears. I actually
1: uh, I mentioned that earlier because that was a uh, remember the uh, Shinsia, Nashia, Narsha? Oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was actually just a little previous. That was two thousand one.
0: Um, oh, okay. So they've been in production by this point. I'm yeah. sorry.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of cool. It's only within the last three or four years, though, that they finally did human ears for these fairies. They're like, they're fairies. They don't need human ears. I'm like, yes, they do. I need them to oh, well, I need the... to put
0: them on mine.
1: Yeah, well, the other problem is the ears are tend to be just quite large, and they kind of displace the wigs a little bit. Um, I think they're
0: large so they can be seen, but at the same time, you do need to do some wig shenanigans to make it work.
1: Right. And I have that problem with my, uh, my boy who's, uh, I think I need to change out the little ABS pucks that are in there to hold the ears because it tends to pop off very easily.
0: Actually, some of the ears do,
1: the other ears don't. So go figure. Okay. So we're now into 2003, May 5th. Doll's Party 9 in spring, which we have the Super Dolphy Chi, and we start to see them release their um, lines of uh, stories. So we have the Tokyo Boys story in May. In October, we have Oath of the Silver Coin. In December, we have <laughs> Harajuku Memories.
0: And um, what are some sculpts that people can associate or images they can associate with these these storylines? Um, so Tokyo Boys
1: story and Harajuku Memories. Um... They they're kind of very much like contemporary fashion kind of thing. Uh oh the silver coin was very cool because it had a pirate theme. Uh so if you think of Pirates of the Caribbean except Super Dolphy, that that you're about there.
0: And this is where some of the most popular limited sculpts, the ones we mentioned earlier, Williams, uh Lady Grace, Cecil. Cecil's Cecil, pretty cool. in particular. Yes, he had,
1: he had this one cool sculpt where um, I think his original sculpt had both of his eyes open, but through the story, he and William's fault, I believe. And um, his, yes, his, he has one eye closed and the other eye open. And if you paid extra money, you could get the scarred eye, which was a different color, kind of whited out and things like that. Um,
0: also, um... This was the beginning of of us seeing from Volks a more mature story, a more mature look to the styling of the dolls.
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of previous to that, the majority of the styling was pretty much just a standard one other than the one-offs. It was
0: very, like... The
1: quiet, cute—I would almost say. So you had, so you had four things that were pre-styled. Mm-hmm. You had one-offs, mm-hmm. and you had the the few limiteds that were based off an anime. This is the first time they're doing their own stories, and they're kind of doing contemporary fashion, and they're doing
0: a uh, kind of a little pirate fantasy thing. And it really hit a strong tone with the female groups because a lot of the key dolls in these one-off story like not one-off but the limited edition story based sculpts were male yeah and the female base at least in america and i i in my understanding is very similar in japan as well was like oh, i must
1: have him it's kind <laughs> of like in sync just imagine, okay, for those of you that are We're, we're just age, behind
0: a little bit because the news comes over slower.
1: Yeah, just imagine, if you're of an age similar to Lindsay and I, just imagine, like, the 90s, 2000s, and, like, how our high school generation, like, reacted to, like, NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys. Um, it's that, but with dolls and guys. Um,
0: yes, and it was also, you have to imagine, around Volks at this time, the other companies were only just starting to get into the game.
1: So on April 29th, 2004, we finally get Tenshi no Sato, and with Tenshi no Sato, the Tenshi are introduced. Um, We also, this is kind of where we start to see the turn away from the um, initial body types um, as they start to innovate more and more, which is we start to see our first uh, Super Dolphy cute, um, which is our first look into- Oh, this
0: is the coveted Suorico Legs. Um well the Swarikos it
1: existed before, but this is where we start oh, to wait, see that's them.
0: Right.
1: We start to see them thin down and have more like child rather than like very, very young child proportions. So even the SD thirteens, um, they're kind of chubby, like an actual thirteen year old and things like that. But now this actually looks like a kind of thinned out child, more like like um a youthful kind of thirteen year old. Would be, but it's a mini Super Dolphy size, so it's more of that smaller version. And the mini Super are. So we're talking
0: about, about yeah. 40 centimeters here.
1: Yes, yeah, so 40, 45 centimeters. The mini Super Dolphys, however, all, all looked very chubby. Almost like maybe a 5, 6-year-old, something like that. Um, and it never really specifies what age range they're supposed to represent. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe Super Dolphy cutes have double joints let me like just google it or at least as close as Wolf
0: is willing to get to them at this point
1: let me see i don't know why i didn't look at this up earlier super doll well you're
0: thinking about it so now while you're looking i can fill the empty dead air so we don't have dead air which is always the death of all radio shows which a podcast technically kind of is um as you guys can tell, well, Becca's looking this up. I'm just going to say, you've probably noticed by now that Becca's the expert here and I'm not. Yeah, I'm So very, I get very... to play the man who asks the questions and sort of goes, ooh, how interesting. Well, Becca knows all the things about Volks because she's been very, very deeply invested in the company for a long time.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's not that I've been invested in them for a long time. My first doll was uh, uh, a Delph and not a Volks, but. um it's true. Volks has always hold my held my fascination, particularly because I did not start out with a lot of the uh, skills um, for the um, for Customized? creation creating. Um, oh yeah. So because of this, their um, their line of full custom service was very appealing because I could get everything done for me, and it would look wonderful into my specification and I could draw and I could express it. Yeah. So here I am looking at Kaede. Um, and she indeed has double joints on the elbows at the minimum. So this is the in, introduction, I think, of our first uh, first time that we've had double joints on Volks. Um,
0: Ooh, it begins.
1: So 2005... Uh, We have our first YOSD, which is, of course, our very tiny line with about 20 centimeters, I think. Um, This is also when they revamped in August their their resin. Uh, Resin has been known to yellow with the UV rays of the sun. Uh, White skin dolls are particularly susceptible to this. If you have a blue skin Um, doll, it
0: might end up being green. (laughs) Um, um, This is because the pigments are not necessarily light fast and some are more or less stable than others. And in particular, yellow tends to go. So if you hear uh, someone referring to a Volks
1: doll as either old skin or pure skin, it's basically pre or post August 21st, 2005. Um, So the old skin tends to yellow more, kind of has more of a, a... deeper color at this point as it has changed with time and light. The Pure Skin UV Cut was released with Mutiny Super Dolphy Toppy. Um, now here's a cool one. In November of this year, 2005, the first US and the only US Sumika was opened. Um,
0: and this was a brick and mortar store that you could walk into.
1: Yes, um, December 25th, uh, if you thought everybody went crazy for the the Oath of the Silver Coin boys, you haven't seen nothing yet because this was you can you can nojo Sawaragi and this SD16 boy body. Uh, oh Lisa boy, this is
0: where things really heated up for yeah, so a very th- certain aesthetic loving group of folks. So this is again sure. double
1: joints, very big muscles. Um, this is where we start to say, hey, we can make mature dolls,
0: which is... And I feel like folks have really been resisting going in that direction with their aesthetic for a long time because they're very much invested in a sort of innocence and purity of the doll,
1: But meanwhile... which is
0: partly a reaction to otaku culture not wanting to be associated with it.
1: Meanwhile, we have a, what was it, Husky by, uh, man, I can't remember the company for that one. Um, but very, very large,
0: seventy centimetre dolls um long, have... lanky, very highly stylized and a very mature sort of right. fashion French fashion plate kind of way, yes, and then. Um, I believe Ipple
1: House had some more muscular, mature-looking guys Uh, at the time. Oh,
0: I think Ipple House was the first ones who had, like, 60-centimeter dolls who were very realistic in their sensibilities.
1: And I mean, even Elf Doll and Elf Doll Red and Woo, um, they had had an update around, I think around this time, where they gained, like, a few centimeters and their chests got a little bit more chiseled. Um, Like... Uh, not by much, but everything was kind of going in the direction of we want some va voom for our males to go with our late our ladies. Um, because a lot of the times in the, the fam realm of this, there is very um, more adult themes in the pictures and everything. And it felt a little weird to do it with uh, a a boy body that almost kind of had a little bit of a, a pouch. <laughs> like <laughs> a little bit of a, a baby chub. Um, not to say that... Baby chub isn't cute on dolls, but in fact, on my mini Super Dolphy uh, Amaya, one of my favorite sculpting details is around the armpit. There is double folds of the skin right near the armpit. Oh, that
0: indication of like the little tiny, tiny, tiny detail of that there's flesh there that is, which is like a real body does this. And
1: and it's like, it's her little baby fat because she hasn't fully grown yet. And I love that little detail, but people were going, starting to say, hey, we want... We want our super dolly cutes. We want them thinner. We want them look more like they've grown into the body. And we want, we want a va-va-voom boy. <laughs>
0: so there's, like, we a shift Fabio. here going on from, like, the initial conception where it's, like, let's bring you a doll that has, like, is comfort and you can sort of relate, like, take care of sort of aesthetic. And yes. now we're moving to the I want to date it. Yes. aesthetic
1: and you can see how they start to kind of open up to the other markets because just a year later in july at the first u.s dolpa sd16 Olivia morgan is op- is released um which is an obvious um melding between the super dolphy aesthetic and fashion doll aesthetic they even cl- included lower calves legs that were calves and feet i should say all is one piece that allowed them to wear stably heels um also the proportions were much more like a fashion doll with a very
0: narrower waist larger hips larger chest um the emph- the overemphasization that comes along with the idea that you're going to put clothes on top which will add bulk but you want to retain the impression of a very strictly chiseled like curvy figure
1: yes and um it only recently did they uh they gave a little update to these uh, bodies because the original ones had very angular shoulders, uh, which kind of gave it that fashion model look uh, almost like a, uh, what is it? Like seventies, eighties, like shoulder power suit look. Shoulder pad. Yeah. (laughs) I actually
0: Um, quite, I quite enjoy the SD 16 girls broad shoulders because it fits an aesthetic that I particularly like because you don't see it very often in the girls in this hobby where they're, allowed to have stronger, wider bodies outside of Ipple House and things like that. So I kind of really, I get a huge kick out of the really distinct shoulders that they have in a very, very 80s Barbie sort of sensibility. So, uh, so that's the, the introduction of the lady, which
1: is kind of like talking and borrowing from markets and listening to markets and seeing what else they
0: can do. Uh, and wasn't a lot of it also, um, because we ha- do have an USA presence of the store, which is run by his son. Yes. Um,
1: I don't who, is, um,
0: b- who is at, at the very least bilingual, if not more.
1: Yes. And and there was a lot of talks with, uh, I believe, Pat Henry, who is uh, one of the writers for Fashion Doll Quarterly or Halte Doll at the time. I think it was yeah, Fashion Doll
0: Yeah. And so the FD16 is. An expression of something coming out of not just the Japanese market and listening and seeing what the Japanese market's into, but really wanting to hit a note specifically with overseas markets as well.
1: Yes, and uh, and uh, they worked a lot with that first U.S. Dalpa. That was a lot of uh, what is it? Not the Met, the uh, Fashion um, Institute. Fa- yes, in New York. Um, FIT yes fit thank you fashion institute technology i believe um
0: fashion institute of technology yeah
1: we're seeing this push and push here just a year later dalpa 17 on the 4th of may 2007 we get resner the shadow of captain uh, in beautiful english form um
0: (laughs) which is like it's called it's bringing back something that was very very popular as we as often happens in the cycle of marketing Like, this was so good and it's been a little while since we've touched it. Let's bring it back and sort of... But let's Revi- it, like tap into that. But let's bring it back
1: harder because this was the first SD17 body, which was even more
0: muscular
1: than the S <laughs> 16 body.
0: So we're slowly going in this direction of the new. Like as we're talking about this, there's new head skulls coming in for full choice system for SD and MSD. They are updating those bodies to a certain degree, but right now in this crucible period, where ev- if you look at the doll market. It's very much diversified to a large degree in various countries. We're seeing a lot of different styles. We're seeing more particular styles between each company, and companies are sort of finding their own feet and diverting greatly from the Volks style, which made them refreshing. And Volks is reacting to this by moving into a more adult, taller, heavier. And these are weight, like, these are dolls that, like, you could kill people with. They are so large and heavy. They're super, like, I've. I've been lucky enough through um, a few people I know to have my hands on both an SD-16 body and SD-17 body personally. And lifting an SD-17 body feels like you have a weapon um... in your hands. It's so heavy, which and a little bit unwieldy. And it's really hard to keep them stable because they're so heavy and dense and large. But they, they do, um, as as folks went
1: along here, one of the lovely things they do is they have little locks in their joints to help them stand and things like that. It gets harder as you work with double joints to do this, but they did they did a pretty good job
0: at it going forward. Um, oh, they're beautifully engineered dolls, but it's yeah. like, I'm kind of wondering how, like, they're reacting to it's a lot of the resin. apparent demands in a more competitive
1: well, it, like, in fact, place. <laughs> To to talk about the the comp- competition, the same year in the same month, so May two
0: thousand and
1: seven. <laughs> yeah, Senior Delph is oh released goodness. on the Cerberus Project uh, website. So uh server's project or delve delve i should say yes Uh, we went through this on another episode
0: you guys know what i mean i swear (laughs) Um, (laughs) just so you know we did talk a little bit about delve server's project and how they're related to each other it's i i'm particularly pleased with that episode if you're interested in some really complicated doll history i would check it out because it's a question in the hobby for most people
1: well it's 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 how how uh Group of sculptors works independently from a, re- uh, a distributor, to be short. Yes. <laughs> um, to be short about it. Um, so, also of note, basically, there was only one boy SD16 ever released. So, it was only that Yukinojo Yuki Sawaragi. And ever since then, they've just been releasing SD-17 boys. So that SD16, It seems like it was an
0: experiment that didn't work as well as they wanted it to.
1: Or, or they learned a bunch from it and they kind of went from there. And a lot of times they do that with the Volksdahls. They'll even have events where you can kind of trade in old parts and give a little bit of money and then kind of update your, your boy or girl's body. Um, oh yeah, so they're kind of and nice also for that.
0: those one-offs and especially the limited editions are where they're going to test the waters with a new idea, a new sculpt, a new body, a new jointing. Yes, they almost always do it through the limited editions first. You'll see them in the limited editions, and the and the one-offs are a little bit of a different thing. But the limited editions are where they experiment to see. What is the reaction to this while making some money off it? Because it's still a limited edition. Yes. And then what is most successful usually migrates into the main line several years later because Vulks well, moves slowly.
1: Well, yes. Uh, for example, uh, previous to this point, we only had, uh, uh, well, I, at this point, Pure Skin White, uh, Pure Skin Normal, and Pure Skin Sunlight Skin. Um But with uh, the doll put in L.A. in 2007, Ruby, the SD16 doll, was released with the first ebony skin. Um, Yes. This skin has since been uh, occasionally released, uh, we'll get into this later, on an online full custom service only for SD16s. But it was also once also used on a limited edition... Um, elf, who is really, really cool. Dark skin, looks almost like -like, drow-like, with dark skin and white, silvery hair. Um,
0: Uh,
1: Yeah. Uh, 2009, (laughs) we get a new body. So this is like, they, they, up until 2003, uh, they were just kind of working on their basic MSD, SD, and SD13. 2004, they start pumping out almost one new body a year, um, so 2009, we get this super Doffy boy graffiti body in May.
0: Um, oh, that's right. That's when they're starting to consider updating the old bodies.
1: Yes. And, and of course, here's their test, which was with, uh, Dolpa 21 and Roya Konoe. Um, so we, we start to see this over and over again. 2011, Lorena at house 10 Bosch, uh, in July, we have the super Dolphy graffiti girl. Um, in 2012, SDGO, <laughs> SDGOU. Um, I forget what that stands for. In May six,
0: yeah, it, may, it it's short for something else, such as S- we'll often say SDG for something or yeah. for the graffiti bodies.
1: Yeah, this one's a little different, and this is the reintroduction of that uh, Yukinojo nojo Solaragi, except on this new body that's not quite as muscly as the SD17, but not quite the old sd16 so they were like yeah we didn't like it we'll try it again um
0: <laughs> will give it a different name and see how it does because i think th- sometimes when i see sculpts release more than ones that aren't necessarily like super super high demand popular in the particular demand of the fandom sometimes i think oh they really like that head and they wanted to use it again
1: yeah <laughs> and of course almost all of these i think even the um I think maybe, maybe the exception of the SD16 bodies. No, though, though they have some now too. Um, these all have double joints, um, which has been uh, a fad in the hobby to give uh, ease for photographers
0: for their expression of the, having the dolls interact. And just There's sit a more value like place on the flexibility of the dolls and Vokes for a long time really shied away from going into that because they're so deeply invested in the aesthetic and a double joint can be very hard to make beautiful because yes. of the nature of how it has to fit into the resin and the way it has to work. So I feel like Volks was very hesitant to go into it because they had a very strong stance on their aesthetic vision. Yes. And then eventually were kind of pressured into doing it because they have so much competition now.
1: Yes. Um, and just the fact that as they wanted to go into more and more adult dolls, it was less about the aesthetic of kind of trying to replicate the look of a Bisque doll in a way with their own little spin on it. It was more trying to create what their, hobby, their hobbyists demanded. Like I said, it was kind of getting a little crazy here because they were starting to do, like, almost a new body each year, <laughs> at least each other year. And this was during,
0: year. like, the big boom that was going on in the, the hobby where you were seeing even U.S. news shows talking about Super Dolphy. Yes. In Japan, several news items were released in Super Dolphy. And this was during sort of that end of the golden era of a very large economic upswing that we were all experiencing globally.
1: Yes, and, and I would say it was almost a little... A little slower on the release past, pre-2008. But after 2008, they had to, they really started pumping out stuff because they needed to, con they had to fight even harder for the purchases. They had to say, hey, so your money isn't doing that great right now, but we still want you to buy our stuff. Let's make it really and tempting.
0: Can- <laughs> it, they really had to shift gears into very targeted groups that still had the funds to engage in the hobby.
1: Not to mention if you're a collector and you have all the old dolls, it's less tempting to get something that's the same and more tempting to get something or update something that you already have.
0: Yeah, they're definitely fighting on the, not like, look at the novelty of this to keep the collectors engaged because you have various types of people in the hobby. And one is collector with a big C, where having different varieties and different versions and limited, in specific, limited versions... Are extremely important to them and will keep them buying when otherwise they may not be any interested in something new.
1: For example, once again, the the re-release as SD Go as the no Sawaragi. um uh Finally, uh, twenty thirteen. I won't say finally, but uh, before before our large and major event in my heart, uh, we have Minro Uemura, and Liz as our Super Dolphy Midi, which is an even more different version of kind of a Super Dolphy cute with double joints and the like um, that is uh, now kind of their replacement, standard replacement for their mini Super Dolphy. So, um, 2014, all this has gone on, but still, uh, the Volks Sumika in the USA had only been open on weekends and the like but it still was not apparently lucrative enough to keep it open so in
0: at least open as a store that you could walk into
1: yes it's now kind of just a distribution center essentially a spot for them to hold and put together orders for their um for their uh web store in the US um in march twenty fourteen they held their farewell events at volks u s a um which included some uh, a last tea party and everything in california uh but everything kind of went down. the website went down there was a final sale to kind of purge a lot of old merchandise, including they don't have the dolphies
0: anymore really the um not the, the small original six six seven inch tall. Uh Guys. yeah,
1: the the A B S plastic and uh vinyl headed dolls. Um they have a which however, also
0: have been um phased out of the Japanese market as well. So it's just simply something they don't invest in anymore.
1: Yeah, because people are much more
0: interested in the larger ones now, which is the uh the uh, Dolphy Dreams. Um And we also have other companies taking over that size and type of doll as well, like A Zone and stuff like that. Yes. So- so basically, you see Volks focusing down on the Super Dolphy in this particular branch of their business. The Super Dolphy and the Dolphy Dream. They're
1: they they are are hitting very hard, the Dolphy Dream, especially with Miku and things like that. Oh my god, all the Mikus.
0: I think also part of it is that the materials to make the Dolphy Dreams are cheaper than the other dolls because Dolphy Dreams are not resin dolls. That's and true. And ABS plastic is much, once you have the molds made, it's much cheaper to make. Yeah, and and the the resin versus
1: ABS plastic. Besides, just the finishing process is a little bit easier. Yeah, Um, exactly, because there isn't
0: much to finish because that's not a very forgiving product for things like flash lines. So you have to design them a certain way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: So so the U.S. website went down, and with the loss of a U.S. store, they realized they had created a vacuum. When the U.S. website went back up. They started doing occasional uh, monthly, and it's been about monthly, uh, with the exception of small rests, online full-choice systems.
0: Um, This was such a big deal when it was first announced, (laughs) because for the longest time, um, if you do not live inside, um, while this timeline is going on, the requirements to be able to do a full-choice system doll in Japan became stricter and stricter. Until it's at the point now where you really must have a Japanese address. They're very strict about it not being through a shopping service, though. There are ways. And there's a very long lead time in, like, receiving the doll. It's not like something you walk in and you get a week later. It's several months of waiting. And at it's one very months, much something. One to yeah. three months. One to three months, depending on how
1: Busy. Dense their yeah.
0: their problems are. But... It's been internationally, the collectors internationally, which collectively is a fairly large group, have always really wanted to be able to engage in that experience of the bespoke Volksdahl experience, if you're a really deep Volks person, without having to live there, which some of us have done and thus have been able to do, vet, bec- otherwise known as Becca. Um, yeah. And I was considering it, but did not for various reasons. But they... Finally allowed us, outside of Japan, a way to touch the feeling of the Full Choice System and access the sculpts that only you can get through a Full Choice System doll. Because you can't obtain many of these sculpts in any other way except through That being said, like we mentioned, it's... Uh, we can go through this more on a full custom
1: service episode, but it is full custom service light, as I would call it, because you can... Each month, they choose like five, maybe six sculpts. They choose Some two of them or are three. what they
0: consider to be the most popular that would do the... Or right. most demanded in the U.S. market.
1: They choose two or three bodies. Um, you have... Uh, you can have a planer paint for your face, or you can have like a fashion paint for your face, and that's about all you're clicking on. You can actually get... Full custom sculpts in this way for the first time ever. Completely blank. Uh, usually it's very unusual for you to order it that way through a full custom service uh, in
0: person. Yeah, Volks is very invested in the idea that when you receive the doll, it, well, now they are anyway, they really want you to receive a complete doll. So right. you like, which is part of their own advertisement for themselves. That means that you'll never have a customer with a doll that is blank out of the box. And thus you will always have a beautiful object that they will be showing off to anyone else they're talking to.
1: Right. Because you're always going to have a, you're always going to have a, well, you were, uh, other than repaints and the like, going to have a very uh, repaints in the kit MSDs, I should say. Uh, that, that was the only ones that you would ever find with a paint, something being painted on it that wasn't painted by Volks. Those were the only ones. Yeah. And the only ones they released previous to that that were, were the discontinued MSD kits. That was the only yes. way. A- and the school kits. Okay. Otherwise, so, you
0: had to have some fights with hot glued eyes and um, yes. with acetone. Yes. <laughs> Very carefully. Um, so... So this is all going on. We have the full choice system. They like went, all right, guys, you have a high demand for these rare sculpts. We do have recasting issues right now. Let's give you access to it, even though it's limited, because we don't want to engage in that customized service and potentially mess up your order.
1: Speaking of limited, uh, in October of 2014, they released the first ever worldwide full custom service for sd16 dolls which included the ability to get in whichever doll you wanted ebony
0: skin um and to to push the point america got sd16 as full choice system option before japan yes
1: they did because once again it was first released for the ladies first in the u.s because it was derived towards the u.s market um now also kind of interesting uh It's not like there isn't a market for this, because immediately upon this happening, there were so many shopping services in the U.S. taking orders. (laughs) Because they were only selling it to U.S. and Canada, this full custom service for the SD16s. But people around the world wanted it. So they had some issues with people using I, I. IP changes and shopping services and everything else immediately upon that. And I think they had to release a little note in things. So whoops. Um, just uh, some other uh, full custom service notes. Um, we have uh, SD Media available and regular full custom service on September 20th, which pretty much uh, I think that um, that... Retired the normal MSD body that was in 2015. Uh, We got double jointed arms for the normal SD13 girls uh, in 2015 as well. Um,
0: So so, we're talking about only last year at the time of this recording.
1: Yes. So not, not that far. Um, Now jumping back a little, I think end about mid 2014, I think. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 2015, we have the release of Dear Super Dolphy.
0: And this is a big departure from the impetus they've been having up until this point. Right. So
1: even though that these have some double joints and the like, the idea of this line was apparently put forward by Mrs. Shigeta as she wanted something easier for the older collectors. So the people that like that older aesthetic and started with them from the beginning to have and collect and play with. So, they're kind of a size in between um, uh, the MSD and SD dolls. And they have a head that will work on the SD or the SD13 dolls. So, in a way, you could actually have your doll grow if you liked. They have that kind of pudgy body and everything else. Um, The the proportions
0: are very different from the others.
1: Yes. And uh, the outfits are amazing and very much... Um, take in that uh, visual uh, look of a Victorian doll. Uh, Also of note, right around the same time, uh, I think it was Delph Babies or something like that that are released on the uh, Delph website. So once again, they're hitting right back and forth with each other doing fisticuffs. Um, But this is a kind of hearkening back to their original aesthetic, way, way back to the perfectly spherical um, though they're not, they have locking mechanisms, I believe in this ones, but they look perfectly spherical on the joints for the dolls. Their
0: joints are
1: beautifully made. So it's harkening back to that, uh, Victorian bisque doll, which is really cool.
0: There's so much going on here where we're seeing Volks, so, like Volks has been innovating very hard over its entire history from its inception in the early 2000s or late 90s. Where they're always really focused on constant product development, yes, and very closely listening to what their current customer base wants, especially during periods of uncertain economic times, which is very impressive for a luxury good company.
1: Yes, but it's only been like the last two years where they've actually they've they've retired head sculpts before. But it's only recently that they've been actually straight up, rather than doing an update to a body like they've done for the SD girl body, and even then it, after the initial change from the old skin to the uh, the pure skin kind of one, um, it's, it's only recently that they've been entirely retiring bodies. So the retirement of the SD meaty body... The retirement of the SD-13 um, no, boy SD. Oh no, sd 13
0: is what they kept. They went away with Super Mini. Right, Dol- uh, right, MSD.
1: Yeah. In fact, uh, January 31st of 2016, they retired the SD13 boy body and the MSD body. Next up is going to be SD13 body with the um, the uh, also the graffiti body is going to be the replacement for that. It's coming.
0: I'm actually really kind of excited for that. Uh, I'm not. Like, I really, I personally really like the girl graffiti body quite a bit. I like the proportions on it. I like the way they look. And if I have the funds for it, that might be. And if the right head sculpt comes up in full trace system, when they have like, it's inevitable that this is going to happen, folks.
1: That, um, the... for the
0: way that everything else is going, and I just, I want it to happen. Well, but then again, maybe they won't. They did have the update
1: to the SD13 girls. Uh, they added the option for double jointed arms in 2015.
0: Oh, that's right. And then they, you have arm choices now. Yeah. So maybe they're still developing for that. Um, so, as a final note, so that brings us to today with Lindsay staring at the U.S limited edition, holiday, which they do usually once a year on the U.S. website, holiday sh- page, staring at sculpts from the past of folks. A lot of these are very old sculpts. And then staring at Amy Ayase, staring back at me. Well, the, the last thing which kind of caught everybody
1: up with each other um, was in uh, June of 2016, which, uh, as you remember, the it was way back in 2014 that they did the... SD16 full choice service for the US. It wasn't until June of this year June through August that Tenshi no Sato finally did SD16 girls for Japan. (laughs) So it was definitely, definitely US first.
0: (laughs) Well, in a way, you can almost see the U.S. release as sort of like, all right, we know this market is interested in the older, larger, especially the larger. We Over here are the the base of people who collect really are into larger and larger and larger dolls. It's, it's something of a fad over here. They've released it in a place where they knew there was a demand. And I think they kind of got pushback in Japan from doing that. Mm-hmm. And they found, and also um, this is not too long after the one, the second Dalpa that I was managed to go to, which had the new version of sd sixteen with the shoulders changed from a very aggressive bra. Ugh, I don't want to use these kinds of words; it's very misogynistic, really. But with the broad, very broad shoulders, and then they had redesigned them to a softer shoulder, and they redesigned the knees to, like, a softer-looking um, yeah. sculpt with Emi Ayase, a particular adult I attended, and the demand for her was incredible. Yes. And in the echoes of that, I think that was them sort of testing the waters with, can we make an SD-16 body that gets the Japanese... Um, Market the Japanese a customer base really excited. They found the answer was yes. We do know how to make this formula work, and now we have tested it in America to see if it worked with here because we can also choose between shoulders and things. And now it's at the FCS in Japan.
1: Yes, which is really really fun. So if you want to, very clever. If you want to geek out about Volks and their updates and everything with us, uh, you can find us on our Facebook webpage. Just look up. Ningyo Bingo, N-I-N-G-Y-O-B-I-N-G-O. Um, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on ningyobingo.blogspot.com. Um, what am I missing? And
0: soon you'll be able to also find us at ningyobingo.com.
1: Yes. We, we. I recently am the, the proud new owner of a domain. Oh, my God. Um so
0: <laughs> becca was trying so hard to contact me about this during a period of time in which i was extraordinarily busy for a variety of reasons and i sort of like saw this as like what domain what long story short the way our, our previous hosting disallows the way we were hosting our files so now we have our own website i was being bad and i was direct linking things but I
1: don't think they should care above a certain bandwidth. We have a whopping maybe fifty viewers, so
0: boohoo. Um, but that's and okay. we and we you are all precious to us. <laughs> we love every single one yes. of you. We really also i want to give a shout out to someone who left a very lovely review of us on itunes i really appreciated that and thank you so much for it it was really a wonderful thing to read so as as Lindsay shops for her amy ayase and i dream <sighs> and
1: i dream hope beyond hopes that i might eventually fall into a doll plus seven limited head the only one with attached elf ears ever made by volks remember to keep on collecting dolls but keep a
0: budget